0: You're listening to the Creekside Church Message Podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message by Pastor Jesse and Pastor Christina as they lead us through our ReCamp Sunday. For more information, please visit Creekside.org.
1: Creekside.org.
0: Absolutely. Give it up for Kids Camp. Good morning, Creekside Church. How are you? You look great. I'm so happy that you're here today, uh, because what you just saw, was just a small piece of just kids. That was kids camp. We're gonna hear from Pastor Jesse um, and some of our CYC students about youth camp in a little bit, but that was just a glimpse of what we got to experience two weeks ago at kids camp. And when I tell you that God is on the move in the hearts and minds of the young people who attend Creekside Church, I'm not feeding you any baloney. It is 100% true. I love these kids. I love that I get to do life with these kids and I love that I get to see Jesus moving in these kids so give Jesus and these kids a big round of applause please because he's speaking and they're listening and I think that's just (laughs) I'm a little biased I'm a kids pastor but I think that's just the coolest thing in the whole world so um, thank you for being here today because we're getting ready to celebrate some truly amazing things that God is doing in the lives of our young people And we got a bunch of people getting in the tank today and we're going to do some baptisms. So you picked a wonderful day to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, I hope you're ready to celebrate. Are you ready to celebrate in here? (laughs) Okay, good, because we're gonna call on you to celebrate uh, something serious. So thank you so much for being with us. Uh, We had an amazing opportunity, my friends, to reignite Kids Camp. After a three-year hiatus, three or four years, um, there was no Kids Camp, you know the deal, Rona shut down the world. Uh, So after a three-year hiatus, um, we got to restart this thing that has been such a core, event, a core staple thing in the life of this church since I've been a part of it, and I was here back in the day, um, and so we got to reignite it this year, and from the moment we stepped foot off the bus, I'm not, I'm not blowing smoke, I'm not just trying to be awesome or tell you how great of a time we have, I'm t- giving you the truth, from the moment we stepped off the bus at Camp Koinonia, it was so obvious to me that we were going to be better together, And this made a lot more sense for service because I had the Better Together shirt on and I was like, look at my cool shirt. Now I'm rocking the youth camp shirt. But our camp, our whole theme for the week is better together. Us leaders, as we were preparing for camp, we just knew we're bringing a spirit of togetherness. And I'm not kidding. The moment we stepped off the foot, foot off the bus, it was obvious that these kids in this space were gonna be so much better together than any of us could have been apart. Uh, The desire to bring back this fundamental and life-transforming week came from one, knowing that kids need community. Kids need community. Parents, can I get an amen? Those of you who had to homeschool kids during COVID, those of you who do homeschool all the time, you know you still have to get out, get them socialized, get them with other kids. So kids need community, first and foremost. And second, we believe, we know that Jesus can speak to anyone, anywhere, at any age anyone, anywhere, at any age. Um, And so the the youngest that we bring to camp with us is just completed first grade, so they're young. But God can speak to anybody, anywhere, at any age. Um, If you've been with us over the last year for any amount of time and you've heard me speak about what we're doing in Creekside Kids, you know that in Creekside Kids, we don't give our kids a watered down version of the gospel. We don't. We believe that they deserve the fullest version of the gospel. Um, And with something that our speaker, Johnny Vansuelos, amazing guy, so energetic and such a passion to see kids connected with the heart of the Father, he gave him a little, and I'm going to take this because I think it's great. He said, You're not given a junior Holy Spirit. Just because you're a kid, you're not given a junior Holy Spirit. Friends, it is imperative that we remember this truth as we love, we lead, and we equip the youngest generation. The God whose power rests in our hearts and who raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same God that is transforming the lives of these kids. I'm pointing over here because we haven't been here with us today. All of our kids are over here experiencing church. <laughs> Say hi, friends. The same God that's at work in your life, in my life, on a daily basis as we're pursuing Him is the exact same God that is speaking to and moving in the lives of these kids. I know it would be easy to look at me and say, okay, Pastor Christina, sure, we get why you'd say this. You're the kids pastor, you're all about kids, that's just your vibe. You are correct, it is my vibe. But I know that there's so much more than we give credit for sometimes. You may think, oh, but they're just kids. As long as they learn the classic Bible stories and they have those memorized and they know a few worship songs, that will be enough to get them into a relationship with Jesus when they're older. It's a hot take, I guess. But as your kids pastor, it breaks my heart. (laughs) Because let's hear what Jesus said when the disciples were talking to him and trying to keep the children at bay. Not trying to keep them away necessarily, but trying to keep them at bay, to not propose a a distraction on what other people were there to learn, the other people who were there to meet Jesus. But this is what Jesus said to his disciples as they were trying to keep the kids at bay. Then Jesus called for the children and said to his disciples, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And that's out of Luke uh, 18. If anything, I understand from this verse that we as adults should be mindful to act a little more childlike when it comes to our faith before we look to the age or maturity of those who are reaching towards heaven and choosing to follow Jesus. You saw a glimpse of it in that video. Kids are reaching their arms out. Johnny said, put your arms out like you're asking for the biggest gift you've ever received. And I looked around the room, and I saw we had roughly 50 kids total with us at camp. I saw half the room little tiny arms stretched wide open wide ready to receive the biggest gift they've ever received have you ever been in a room with 60 or more kiddos who are clapping jumping and quite literally shouting the name of Jesus (laughs) it's 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 insanity in the best possible way. I encourage you uh, to find a way to put yourself in the middle of that situation. If you don't know how, uh, talk to Pastor Christina, your local kid's pastor, and she'll be happy to get you signed up for her ministry. But get involved, find a place where you can be in the middle of that. Because not only do you find yourself amidst some like unmatched energy, you see the Holy Spirit show up and you see God meet you and those around you in truly remarkable ways, and it's so life-giving, and it's so freeing, and it's so joy-filled. I encourage you, find a way to be a part of it, even just for a second. I had a student come up to me, you'll hear lots of stories, well, you'll hear, you will hear lots of stories today between our students and Pastor Jesse's students, Um, but this student isn't here, so I'm gonna share hers with you. Uh, I had a student come up to me, not from our church, um, and it was the night that Johnny was talking about receiving the Holy Spirit. We wanted to give these these kids an opportunity to ask the Holy Spirit, to to give them gifts, to let them move in these things that he wants them to do. And so it's the night that we're talking about the Holy Spirit and this girl comes up to me and she says, Pastor Christina, I know I've received the Holy Spirit. I accepted Jesus a long time ago, but I I want more. Can can I get more of the Holy Spirit? Can you just pray, like have more of the Holy Spirit? I'm sure she saw like my brain processing at that moment because I'm blown away. This 11-year-old girl is coming to me and saying, Pastor Christina, I'm confident I have the Holy Spirit. She had no reservation about that. She knew that she knew. She said, but I want more. This 11-year-old girl is asking me for something that most adults I know, even me sometimes, are a little skeptical of or dare I say, afraid to approach, and she's got this confidence about her. I've got it, but I want more. What it showed me is that this child had been given space to not only boldly approach Jesus and say, Jesus, I love you, I'm in this thing. She, was, she has the confidence, she has been uh, loved and led to boldly approach those who are leading her. To come to the adults in her life to say, I think I have some of this figured out, but I need more of it. She was given a space to boldly approach Jesus and her leaders and request for more. How many of us can say that that's what we go to for God regularly? I go to God for a lot of stuff. I go to God for good things, bad things, and everything in between. But who can say that we are regularly going to God and asking for nothing but more of him? In that space, that 11-year-old girl can say that, and that changed me. All she was looking for was more. So we prayed together, and I let her know that when she received the Holy Spirit, she got all of him. He held nothing back. The moment she accepted Jesus, the fullness of the Holy Spirit was in her, and her job now was to move as he leads. It actually says that in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, and when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give you the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. And you saw in a glimpse of that video, They were praising and glorifying him. Yeah. I'm gonna invite a couple friends up here uh, this morning because as awesome as I think it is for me to tell you what happened, boy is it so much better to hear from them. Uh, so if I can have Avon Hack, uh, Kyle Boomer, and Evan Kerniati join me on stage. Yes, give it up for these three boys. They're truly amazing. Oh, maybe no, no Avon today, that's all right. Or no Avon this service, he was with us last service. All three of these boys, well two who were up here, were baptized last service. Come on, come on. And if that doesn't speak to what God was doing in their lives at camp, I'm not totally sure what does, but they're gonna share with us, they already had practice first service. They're gonna share with us uh, a couple of things. I'm gonna ask you the question I asked you first service. Um, And I want you to tell them your name and what grade you're in, okay? Okay. All right, so what is one thing that God did at camp that you were not expecting?
2: I'm Kyle and I'm in sixth grade and God took away my spiritual battles.
0: God took away your spiritual battles. That's awesome, buddy. So when you were on your way to camp, you were feeling a certain way, is that right?
2: Yeah, like my day was ruined and um, uh, I kept on having the same vision of a family member of mine getting hurt.
0: Yeah. So you went up to camp with some heaviness on your heart, right? Yeah. Can you tell us what happened, or who did you interact with who helped that change?
2: Um, I interacted with Xander, um, and he um, he prayed for me. I was crying for like the rest of the service and half of the night uh, because of how good that prayer was. Then the next day, he has gone.
0: Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Good job, buddy. God doesn't just move in the lives of students at camp. He moves in the lives of leaders. And when we're faithful to obey, look at what we get to do. Look at who we get to love and how we get to love them. I love you, bud. All right. Evan, tell us what grade you're in and what is one thing that God did at camp that you just didn't expect?
2: I'm I'm Evan, and I'm in first grade. (coughs) I'm... Lynn asked me if he could get Sour Patch candy, and I was like, I was like bearded out because I didn't know it was my money. And, if, and so uh, I bought him the candy, and um, he was happy.
0: And last service, you let us know that you maybe felt that someone was telling you you should buy him that candy, and who did you think that that was? God. God. God was maybe calling you to be a little, to go out of your comfort zone and make a new friend, right? And are you in win besties right now? Come on, yes. (laughs) Good job guys, go ahead and take a seat. You're so awesome, I love you so much. New friends, relationships with leaders, spiritual darkness being lifted, those are two stories out of 21 kids that Creekside alone brought to camp. That means that there are 19 other stories that are out there that if you took a moment and you got eye level with the kid, I'm here to tell you they'll spill. They'll tell you anything you want to know. Take a minute. Go to a kid. Let them share their experience with you because God is moving in them because they're ready to listen. So I'm gonna do something. I did this last service and I want you to join me. Uh, They're all sitting in this section right here. So if we could all go ahead, I'm gonna pray for these kids and what they experienced and what they're gonna go into in this coming season. And I want you to reach your hand out to them because they need us. We love them, but boy, do they need us. So we're gonna pray for them. We're gonna pray for us as a church to encourage them. So if you can, if you're able, if you would please just stretch your hand out to these kids and I'm gonna lift us up in prayer. Jesus, I just thank you so much. I thank you for these kids. I thank you uh, for their, obedience uh, to be in the place that you want them to be. God, I thank you for each and every one of them that were able to join us at camp. I thank you for meeting each and every one of them uniquely in the space that they are at. God, I pray that what happened at camp doesn't stop at camp, but that they come back, that they're asking questions, that they're connected with leaders and people who they know and can trust to guide them in your truth and in your light. Jesus, I pray that they would receive encouragement from those around them, uh, that they would never be afraid, that they would walk in boldness and confidence as they're going into their schools, their friends groups, their sports teams, their neighborhoods, and way beyond that. Thank you for the boldness that you're giving this younger generation to go and to go for you. And Jesus, I pray for us as the church that we would be obedient in leading and loving them well. I thank you for the unique opportunity that you give us to be a part of these students' lives, uh, and I pray that we steward that with wisdom and love. And we thank you for all that you're doing, not just in our lives, but in the lives of every person at this church, from nursery all the way on up. You are active and you are moving in this church and we are so grateful and we give you all the honor and all the glory and this church celebrated and said, amen, amen, amen. Give it up for Kids Camp, you guys. (laughs) Truly remarkable and I wanna say a big thank you to all of you who supported us in getting us there. It was an amazing time. Now, without further ado, take a look at the screens to check out what happened at Youth Camp.
1: Yeah, that was Youth Camp. video is just a taste of what happened at youth camp it's about a one minute video to try and capture what happened in uh well that was about four days that we were away so pr- pretty awesome a lot, lot of a lot of exciting things that happened uh but i wanted to start off by saying thank you to everyone who joined us in prayer as we prepared as we traveled and as we launched camp you know we were, we were praying that god would do something awesome that he would move in a mighty way and he 100 did uh, he always does but we're always going to ask for his blessings anyways but for those of you who don't know, this is our second year back at youth camp after COVID. And from all the churches that joined us, we collectively brought about 180 students, uh, which was yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Uh, And and really cool, Creekside was able to send 60 of those from here, which was a really, really unique and wonderful thing that we were able to do. Uh, And, you know, a a part of me wants to try and take credit for that, but I I know that I can't. That was 100% the Lord, uh, because I I would not have even dreamed that we could have brought so many with us. But that was God doing something in our students and stirring them up and getting them to sign up. So that was really, really a wonderful and incredible thing, and I'm just happy to be a part of it. Uh, But I did want to kind of give some credit where credit is due, because you, as friends and family in Creekside Church here uh, do deserve some of this credit. But so, this first thing is, I want to let you know. About 40 of those students who went had some, uh, most, or all of their camp paid for through our uh, crab feed back in February. So on top of that just being an incredible event, it also got uh, two-thirds of our group up there, which was incredible. A handful of others were supported through the car wash-a-thon we did earlier in the summer and still others from past events where you, Creekside, showed up and you, uh, your generosity, you supported and you were a huge part of sending our young people to camp where they experience Jesus. So thank you so much. And I want to do this as well. Uh, if, I'm going to call up a, f- a few different kinds of people, and I just want you to stand up because I want to I want to thank you for it, and I want you to be recognized for it. So if you were a camp counselor at either of the camps, please stand up. Uh, if you helped drive any of our students up to camp, please stand up. And then listen, if you were a parent, guardian, grandparent who sent your kids to camp, please stand up as well because you were a, of course, you're a huge part of this. Without you, we wouldn't have our kids there thank you so much because not only were your students impacted by their time away but myself and my leaders and the other people there were incredibly impacted by what we were able to participate in because you invested and you sent your students to camp so thank you so much but camp was unique this year and i I, I say unique because i couldn't really put like a label on it. I was having a hard time deciding what was camp? What what can I say about camp to kind of capture what this was about? And I I can't put my finger on it exactly. But God was up to something. And when, when, I believe it, when we set time aside and we pursue the Lord, He shows up. And that's what we did. We pursued the Lord. And that's what He did. He showed up. And I can, tell you that what, I can tell you all about what I saw, I tell you all about what I experienced, my perspective, but this camp was not about me, right? Though, though God still meets me and meets our leaders there, this camp was all about our students. It's about creating an opportunity for students to connect with Jesus in a way that they've never done before or that they don't get to do often because our world is so full of distractions. So the best way for you to truly find out what God did at camp is to ask one of our CYC students. And I don't mean for you to like corner one on your way out, they get skittish. I just mean if you know one or you know somebody, you know, ask them. If you really want to know, ask a student what God did in their lives at camp. And that's exactly what we're going to do now. I want you to hear a camp testimony from them. So, would you join me in welcoming up Carlos and Emily up to the stage? And they're going to share some things with us. You should be able to switch that mic on. Go ahead, Emily. <laughs> oh, oh. Go. oh, There you go. Guys. <laughs> this is Emily. This is Carlos. Uh, we as the church are excited that you guys are here and willing to share, right, church, right? Hearing from our young people, straight from them. So I've just got a couple of questions for you guys. Uh, we'll, we'll bounce the mic back and forth, but I'll start with Emily. Emily, what was your favorite part of camp?
2: For me, it was really the worship. I've always loved worship. The music is like, I always love music. It's one of my favorite things in the whole world. Um, I loved worship since I was first coming to camp up to now. It's wonderful.
1: Awesome. And Carlos, what about you?
3: Um, my favorite part was chapel, worship, jumping around. <laughs> uh, uh, that was a lot of fun. The messengers had like, they were, they were deep. Yeah. Nice, unique yeah. to
1: me. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Carlos, how did God use your time away at camp to impact you?
3: Well, um, it definitely helped, um, like, strengthen my relationship with him, and um, during that time, he answered a prayer that I've, you know, been waiting to you know, experience, you know, for a while and, um, at camp it kind of exceeded my expectations.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
3: But yeah, you no, know, I, I'm still, like, learning how to hear what God wants to tell me, you know? But He definitely uh, he showed me how the Holy Spirit works through people.
1: Absolutely. Amen, absolutely. Yeah. Same question? Yeah, same question, Emily. How did God use your time at camp to impact you?
2: Um, it was really during the worship and his messages, where I feel like, like, during those times was when God really told me, like, hey, this is time for you to think about getting baptized and stuff. Sadly, I'm not getting baptized today. I'm going to, as soon as possible, though, because my dad's not here, and he yeah, would love to here. Yeah, we need Tony here. Yeah, he has to be here. Um... <laughs> And so, and also my, my friend is going to do it with me, so she's also not here, so. Um, anyways, but yeah, I feel like he was really speaking to me about getting baptized. And I've always like talked to myself, like just telling like, people, I don't know how it is yet. I need, I need to understand it more. I need to know what it means for me and God as me being a servant, him being, you know, God.
1: Yeah. Right, and that, that felt like that you found that answer through Pastor Brian at camp. Definitely. Yes, Wonderful. Definitely. Awesome. So let, let me ask this one thing. Uh, has God brought about any kind of change to you or your life since camp or through what you experienced and heard at camp?
2: Yes, there was many changes. So like I said, with the baptism thing, I like feel like I'm changed then. And also I was kind of, kind, you know, when you are like struggling with something and then you're like, kind of like blame it on God and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of doing that and I started like falling out with him. But when I was at camp, I was like, I I think I needed to get better at this and like really like, you know, be with him. So when I came home, I was like really thinking about that. I also, um, during camp, I was just like feeling some emotions like I've been struggling with like, I'm not really good enough. Like, why am I like this and stuff like that. So like when I was there, the worship really like, there was one of the songs, I forgot which one, but you know, it was really good. And it made me feel like I am enough. God makes me enough. And yeah,
1: yeah, Mm -hmm. I came home like that. Amen, amen. That's awesome. And and Carlos, same with you. Has God brought about any kind of change to you or your life since camp and what you experienced there?
3: Oh, yeah. Camp really, I checked myself and it gave me a different perspective and everything. Like Pastor Bryan saying, you know, make sure you're looking at the right lanes. So, yeah.
1: Fantastic. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Emily and Carlos. Can we thank them for coming up and sharing? I just want to make sure that you guys know I'm not I'm not making up you know what, what happens at camp you know because you you really you just have to take my word for it it was awesome and we moved on but no I want you to hear from our students it truly was this incredible experience that we got to be a part of together uh, you know camp was incredible. Right, that's not just a hype thing. It was. There were some truly wonderful things that took place, and that's just two stories out of 60 students that went from here, and that's just two out of 180 students that were there all together. and not to mention all of the leaders and the other adults that were up there who also were impacted by our time away. Students were open about the difficulties in their lives and they use those to encourage others uh, and, you know, and, and as well as just being vulnerable and open and, and, and creating this kind of community that you don't get unless you're willing to go deep, right? That's one of the things that happens. Uh, others, other students felt the presence of God for their first time where you know, he wasn't just this thing that we talked about or that we just believed in, but something that they experienced, the presence and the weight of the Lord. And others felt this movement this move or this call upon their lives also from the Lord. Just, just wonderful things happening all over the place. And you know, never, never from a from a summer camp have I heard so many students say that chapel was their favorite part of camp. Right? I mean, like, it makes me happy, you know, youth pastor, like, woohoo, they love chapel. But I mean, r- really think about that. How how often have students come back? Or if you went to camp, how often have you come back, you know, and, you know, the, the games was your favorite part. Fair enough. We work hard to make them awesome. Or hanging out at the snack shack, being with the friends, the cabin time, whatever it was. But I want you to know, more than not, even if it was just tagged on at the end, chapel happened to be a favorite part for so many of our students. You know, it's like, I like the snack shack, but chapel was pretty cool. That sort of a thing. Thing. So never had I experienced this before, but like I said, something special took place this year. And so you, you, might, you might be asking, what is it that makes camp so special? What are the things that cause this sort of a reaction, that cause this sort of you know, a, a difference in our students? And really, as, I, as, I've been, as I've been processing it and working through it, it, not a lot that really stands out to make the experience like a special kind of experience so, I mean, like at camp, we, we, we play these big, crazy games, and that's a lot of fun. We've got worship that's probably just a little too loud, but that's how we like it, young people. And we bring in a speaker to share with us. We have our time of fellowship. We've got food, all these great things. But to me, that just sounds a lot like church, right? That sounds like Sunday morning or our Wednesday night services or a small group, uh, minus the games. But I'm talking to Pastor George about that when, you know next week. <laughs> but my point is this. Camp is a lot like our church services that happen throughout the week. The only difference that I see is the expectation on the people going and then the choice at the end. The expectation and the choice. As I was meeting with other youth pastors and talking about camp, I kept coming back to that thought of expectation. And as we prepared for camp, I wanted our students to begin leaning forward in anticipation for what God was going to do. And that was reflected in a few of the things that we did leading up to camp. We know that God is, is he's all powerful and he can be spontaneous at times. And those are wonderful moments where he does things that we don't expect. But there's something so beautiful about leaning forward in expectation and waiting for the Lord. Psalm 5.3 says, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. See, when we arrived at camp, our, our speaker asked for all of our leaders uh, to come a few minutes before our first evening service. And he prepared everyone for what he was feeling led to do and what he was expecting God to do. See, he, he, he was feeling led to go after you know our students. You know, you know, for right, pretty much from the get-go. Like, if you've been to camp, it's usually kind of a flow to things. You know, we kind of start off fun and light, and go, "This is our theme, hooray!" And we kind of like we build up to this like moment where we expect the response. But this was—he went after this first night hard, attacking the lies that our students believe about themselves and how those lies distort how we view ourselves and how that can lead to sin because we believe a thing that is incorrect, untrue about us—a lie from the enemy. And so he, he, he brought us in to, for this moment and prepared us for it. And w- w- I've never seen such an incredible response to the movement of the Lord on the first night of a, at a summer camp. Like we, are, we are hours, only hours into our first night. And God is doing incredible things. We continued into our morning chapel time with some silence. We're we're, we're practicing listening to the Lord because we want to learn how to see where God is at work in our lives, not only to identify what He's done, but what He might be doing, and then what He might do ahead of time. We're we're, we're learning how to lean forwards. We're learning how to have expectation and to anticipate things from the Lord. As a group of people at camp, we, we pursued the Lord in worship and in teaching and in fellowship, we believe that this is what heaven looks like. Even if it's just a glimpse, like that was our camp theme this year. It's on the back of my shirt. This is what heaven looks like. It looks like a group of people who come together, who worship the Lord. A group of people who love the Lord, coming together, worshiping, getting to do the fun things. But we're here for a purpose, and that is to pursue Jesus. Of course, we know when we seek the Lord, He meets us. He does. That's a fact. But it doesn't end there. Right, We talked about expectation. We came expecting. But what happens after expectation, so often there is a step that needs to take place afterwards. It may be a perspective shift. It may, it may be some kind of important decision. Or maybe there's a call to action of some kind. But I believe for a lot of these, the natural next step for those who have accepted Jesus as Lord or those who are renewing their faith and understanding of who God is, the natural next step is to be baptized. That's what the Bible tells us. The Great Commission you know, from, the, from the lips of Jesus Christ himself in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, bringing about, or sorry baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. But I want to explain this because it's, it's very important as we are moving towards this baptism piece here. Baptism doesn't save you, right? You, you are not saved because you were baptized. Faith in Jesus Christ is what saves you. It's important to understand that baptism is an outward expression of what God is doing on the inside. Right? Your personal decision to follow Jesus is announced to the church, and the church celebrates and agrees with you. That's why we do this all together. That's why there's a big old tub in the middle of the room right now. It's not to make a spectacle of something necessarily, but it is for you, the church, to witness what God is doing and the decision that these people are making. And then it is our responsibility to welcome them in with open arms to the family of God. This is what we do. I know we don't like the word obedience, but that's what we do when we are baptized, we are called to it. And we don't like that word because it sounds like we don't have control of our lives. But can I tell you that obedience to the Lord is the only way that you actually find true freedom. So often we get in our own way. We, we make the wrong decisions and we end up all messed up. But when we finally give it up and we trust the Lord to lead us, we are set free. We wait on the Lord. But when he speaks, when he moves, we must obey what he is calling us to. This morning there are people who have decided, they've made that decision to be baptized. They've heard the call of the Lord, they have chosen him and they are walking in obedience. To wait for the Lord. I love that phrase, it means to, to hope, to anticipate, to trust God. So my question for for everybody else here, there are those who have made the decision and that's awesome, but there are those of you here who I believe need to make a decision. So my question is, did you come expecting the Lord to do something today or were you just attending church? Did you come expecting the Lord to be here with us or do you think this is just a room with people in it? If not, that's okay, but what I'm challenging you to do is to take stock right now and to ask yourself, is God up to something? Is this God of the universe that we talk about truly real? And if He is truly real, is He doing something right here, right now with me? Is Jesus calling you to something deeper? As we've talked about baptism, have you felt that tug on your heart? Is it time to take that next step and trust that Jesus truly is the way, the truth, and the life? Church, we're we're going to worship the Lord. And as we do, some people... They've already decided they're going to be baptized. And we are going to celebrate that decision together as we sing and as we clap and as we uh, make a, a joyous noise. And if you have decided to take that next step, you're feeling that pull, you want to make Jesus the Lord over your life, take this step in obedience and be baptized. Not because Pastor Jesse asked you to or Pastor Christina asked you to, but because the living God is calling you out because he sees you and he loves you. And this is what he wants for you, to be set free, to walk in obedience to him. So stand with me and we're going to pray and we're going to worship. And then we are going to meet you over at the baptismal as we celebrate what God is doing. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that we are here this morning and that we get to witness these brothers and sisters in Christ making this decision, taking this step, and joining the family. Lord, you you know what the path has looked like to get here. You know how rough and how rocky some of these have been. And Lord, you have still called them to it, Lord, and they have walked this path and they've arrived here, Lord Jesus, at this moment in time. So Lord, we're just grateful that we get to be a part of this that you've called us for such a time as this. Heavenly Father, I pray for those who have made that decision or who are considering it, Lord. I pray that you would uh, protect them. Lord, I pray that we, they, we, we pray against any uh, attacks of the enemy, Lord Jesus, who would try to come in and lie and steal joy. Father, I pray that they would uh, put on the full armor of God, understanding that you are their protector and their provider, Lord Jesus. Father, let your will be done. Would you make it abundantly clear to these people that you are calling them to take this step in obedience and to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.